Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. I know a lot of you are probably looking at these tables like, what the heck do you have going on here? And, uh, you know, for this Father's Day, we wanted to do something fruitful, but also fun. Okay, and I'm not even really sure I still uh, agree to do this, but yet I'm up here. And so I want to talk to you a little bit. Has anyone seen the show Hot Ones? Okay, so what this is is an interview style. But while we interview and discuss, I've asked two seasons dad, two seasoned dads, uh, two different ones for each service. And I'm going to ask them questions about fatherhood. Uh, You know, as a church, I think there's a lot of young fathers in the room. And even the book of Titus talks about this transfer from one generation to the next. How there's a duty to speak into, to mentor, uh, to disciple that next generation. So we thought it would be awesome to do that. But if you look at these sauces, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll eat a wing and then we'll talk and ask questions. The only kicker is the sauces get hotter as the questions continue. So Frank's Red Hot is, I don't even know what Scoville means, okay? But it's like 795 Scoville, okay? Our hottest sauce today is 900,000 Scoville. When I opened the package, I called Pastor Chad because they're doing this at our Republic campus. I said, so are these going to be bad? He's like, ah, we took it easy. I open up the wrapper, it says hottest sauce in the store. Seriously. He's like, but it's wing sauces. I'm like, so I had a Pastor Ethan. (laughs) It's the first time I've lied in a minute. I've told him I was going to try it too, but he put a little dab on a toothpick, tried it, and he about fell over. So... Uh, would you help me welcome Gary Cote to the stage? Will you come up here with me so we can have a conversation? Bob, do we have those wings? Let's get those wings. Um, just six. Just, just six, okay? Let me make sure these are in the right order here. Yep, okay. On that first wing, why don't you put a little bit of that on there? Uh, Bailey, if you could bring up our... uh, So I did some research on what's the best thing to eat when you're eating spicy stuff. And they said something um, acidic. So I have milk and orange juice and then bread to cool it down. Okay? So that one should be pretty mild for the most part. Should be. It should be, yeah. It should be. Go ahead and pour some on there. Bailey, you can bring those up. Yeah. And while we uh, jump into this, Gary... We're going to put up a picture of your family, and why don't you just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, and uh, how long you've been married, how long you've been a father for, so we can get nice and acquainted here. Well, I'm Gary. Uh, Some of you probably know me. Uh, (laughs) I do like to have fun. I'm not sure why I'm up here today, so... (laughs) I do have a, a, a wonderful family, and I've got one better than, than the picture. My family's actually here today, so everybody's here. If they would stand for just a second, that's my wife, Robin. I know a lot of you know Emily, my other daughter, Lacey. Um, I've been a husband for almost 32 years, 
And uh, yeah, she, I keep telling her she can't leave me because she promised God she would love me forever. <laughs> and my mom and dad said, we're not Walmart. You can't bring him back. <laughs> so, and I've been a, a dad for almost 30 years now. So, <laughs> yeah, my daughters are the funny ones. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've trained them well in that respect. So, well, Gary, why don't you go ahead and pour some sauce? I did that already. Name. You did. All I, right. Why don't yeah. you pass it over here so I can get some? Everybody, say yes. hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. I have your uh, emergency kit to your right, right there. I see that. For when it, uh, do we just drink it... it out of the jug or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that. That's it. So, okay. do we eat now? Yeah. Go ahead. Take a bite. <laughs> I think I should pray first. Yeah, we should. Jesus, thank you for this. I thank you. I I think. Thank you. I'm not sure if I'm going to be saying thank you later. Do I have sucker written on my head? Not bad. That's pretty good. Still a little spicy, though. I'm just here for the food, though. This is going to be very dangerous. This is already maybe too spicy for my liking, so we're in trouble. I'm just going to pretend I'm going to pour this dipping sauce on it. Are we going to eat the entire wing, or can we just take a bite as we go? Let's just take a bite. I like that. We'll be here all day. We will. Oh, can I have those wet wipes, too? Awesome. I specifically stole these from the diaper bag, just to be prepared. In all seriousness, Gary... uh, you know, the gospel is this, that we were dead in our sin, incapable of saving ourselves, yet God in his goodness and in his love sent his son Jesus to the earth to die for us, to draw us to himself, to give us salvation. And it's that message that changes everything. And so I think there's everybody, you know, many, many people in the room who have experienced transformation from that truth and and from that good news. And so my first question for you, but I want us to take another bite before you explain this, but how has your life been impacted by the gospel? If you were to share it, the the word says that there's power in the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Uh, I'd love to hear your testimony and how you came to know Jesus and uh, what has spurred, what, what, what it's, uh, uh, contributed to how you've been transformed yourself, but you got to take a bite first, and okay, then, and then pass it to me when you're done. Okay? Oh, we got to do that one. Yeah, now? we're increasing here. <laughs> Always. Whew. Oh, don't do that. That's even pasty. <laughs> oh. I'm honestly a little nervous. I am. A little I'm nervous. a lot nervous. <laughs> I don't know whether to say thank you or... We already prayed over him, so... We did pray. I was just spreading it around. How you doing over there? Uh, I'm getting there. Hmm, not bad. We could do that. Yeah. Moderation, so is, moderation is the key. That's right. So my testimony, I was born and raised in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if any of you know where Grove Spring is. Grove Spring was four miles from my house. 
life. So there was a, there was a small Baptist church that uh, my parents took us. I, had a, I have a brother, and uh, they took us to church there, you know, and we were kind of one of those families that we'd be very in and then very out <laughs> for a while. But, you know, throughout my childhood, we, we went quite a bit. But um, we had a revival one time. And the revival, back in the old days when I was a kid, the evangelist would uh, sometimes go around with the pastor and visit people in their homes and stuff. And, and they came to our house, and I was probably 12 years old. And I felt the tug from God so hard that day. And I gave my life to the Lord that day. And it was, it was cold, because I remember when we had our baptism, we went to the creek, and it was like, 30 degrees water, you know, it was cold, but I was, I was happy to do it, you know, I was on fire, and went to school, you know, and I was telling everybody, I got saved, I, I you know, I'm, I'm in, and, but you know, as you get older, I think you get wiser, more independent, um, not a lot to do in a small town, <laughs> I fell away. You know, and, and it was several years there during my teenage years that I wish I could have them back, you know, because I did a lot of bad stuff, you know, and didn't do anything good for God. And then, you know, as I got older, um, early 80s, you know, I I got into a relationship with a girl, and, and I, that's when I started realizing, because all the time that I was falling away, I always felt God was with me, and I knew God was there, and I knew I was doing wrong. And so I realized, you know, I'm getting older. I needed to do something right. So I, I decided to, you know, give my heart back to God because it was time. And uh, that, that girl wasn't in for that, you know. So, uh, so we parted ways, and, but I, I stayed true. I stayed true to God. But the realization when God really got a hold of me was probably one day in, in, in 1985. I was working a job and just living life, doing good, you know. And, you know, when you're, when you're young, early 20s or something, you know, you, you feel like you're invincible, you know. But I was, I was going to work one morning. I was riding my motorcycle. And it was riding into the sun, you know, riding east into the sun. And, and a deer come running out in front of me, and, and I hit it. And I was probably doing 60 miles an hour. You know, it's just like, I'd never even seen the deer. Never seen it at all. And I was like Superman. I mean, I flew down the highway. I had my helmet on, which God was a good, he gave me a good reminder there. It split my helmet all the way from the top, all the way down to the back. But how in the world can a person flying like Superman know enough to curl up in a ball and roll down the highway? So I lost skin here and here and here. But the only, the worst thing that happened to me was I broke my collarbone. And that was it. And it killed the deer. Wow. So I think God real, showed me then that you're not guaranteed anything beyond this moment. Yeah. Because I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Nothing Great I could urgency. do. Yeah. And that was a real eye-opener for me. So that would made me more dedicated to live my life daily for God. Because you might think you know when it's coming, but you don't, yeah. because it can happen that quick. Yeah. So a few years later, uh, I met my wife, Robin, and, 
and we were uh, like-minded. Uh, she loved God. We started going to church together, you know, and the rest is history. We have yeah. never looked back. That's awesome. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. It's really good. <laughs> no more wings. What did you say? <laughs> no more wings. No, hey, just we're just kidding. Kidding. We haven't even okay. really got started yet. So, See that sauce? I moved the sauces down, so that's the next one. Go ahead and dab that on your next one This there. was the next one? Yep, that's the next one. And then I'll take it when you're done with it. You can pass it You're supposed to me. trust your pastor. I'm not yeah. sure I do. I feel set up too, so I'm in this with you. And I haven't tried Whoa. any of these yet, so. <laughs> that was a mistake. Can I have a do-over? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I need something to distribute this, these hotter sauces, like a toothpick. There we go. Yeah. yeah. This one's not pasty. It's, it's kind of like being a Christian. It's all or nothing. Yeah. That'll preach. That'll preach. Yeah. I forgot to smell this one. <laughs> All right. Here we go. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. Starts out easy. Now he went for bite two. I watched a couple of these last night. Shaquille O'Neal does it. He's like, I'm not going to make a face, so neither am I. <laughs> so our theme for uh, 2022 has been Kingdom Co., and we've made the commitment as a church for the summer to talk about kingdom worship, uh, relearning, unlearning, what does worship look like? But there's a specific scripture in 1 Timothy. It says this, for there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. Uh, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone, which is what we just talked about. You receiving the revelation that Christ has also done that for you. It says, this is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I have been chosen as a preacher and an apostle, this is Paul talking, to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating, just telling the truth. And then he says this, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. And I love this instruction from Paul to the men in every place of worship. I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God. Because I think sometimes we say, oh, that's just a charismatic thing. That's just a Pentecostal thing. And I think what some of us need to recognize is this is a Bible thing, right? Right. And God is worthy because he's crazy good. He's worthy of our crazy praise. Um, so I love this instruction. It's a, it's a call to men in the church to posture themselves humbly before God with their hearts and their minds focused, fixated on him, leading the way in worship. And I do think that men specifically have received, you know, on Father's Day, I, I think men specifically received um, a calling to spiritual headship in the home. And so my question for you is, is why do you think it's important for men to lead the way spiritually in their homes? And what does that look like in a practical sense? Well, you hit that pretty good as far as the reason. God instructs us to do that. Yeah. But being, being a spiritual leader in the home, if your kids can't see how real it is to you and why you're doing it. 
it automatically gives them a way out. And it automatically thinks, well, you know, this is something you can do, but it's not, it's not something you have to do. So it's important for us being as spiritual leaders of, you know, in our family to be what you believe. And I, I firmly believe that with all of my heart. You have to be able to open yourself up. And I, you could call it vulnerability of worship because you're, 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 you're basically stripping everything away. But you've got to, to be Christ-like and be the Christ to your family because they need that spiritual leadership and to know, you know, that it's real for you so that it can be real for them. That's good. Yeah, I love that. And the practical ways is being instant, in season and out, you know, anytime, anywhere. You have to be in a place where if your kids see you or if your wife sees you, your spouse, you don't have to explain yourself away why, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. You know, you're the spiritual leader, so you have to be that all the time. Yeah. When I went to Evangel University, I was around a lot of pastor's kids, you know. And I'm not a pastor's kids, but my kids will be pastor's kids. <laughs> yes, they are. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there I met some incredible pastor's kids, but I also met some pastor's kids who you can tell they were taught to hide who they really were, to have a pure presentation mm -hmm. that really wasn't authentic. And so you had kids who they, uh, they knew how to act one way, but really they hadn't allowed God to give them the real freedom they pretended to live right. in. And so what I found to be the common denominator between the, the purity of that freedom actually existing was I think having a parents as pastors who really lived it out behind right. the scenes and didn't say cover up where we're broken, um, but they were transparent, they were humble, and they really lived it out in front of their kids and gave them that authentic exactly. example. So that's, that's really good. Perfect. Let's go on to our fifth sauce here. It's right on the end of the table. What's that one called? I don't. Yes, that. No, 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 no. That's last. We're not going to touch that one. Well, he did say the end of the table, right? I'm at the other end. Yeah, you're right. That's <laughs> like mustard. So I looked up a little bit of these. These are from uh, the Pepper Palace uh, place. <laughs> so I looked up like the different sauces, and like all these, the first three were mild, and then it went to hot, X hot, and then extreme. Ludicrous hot. So I don't know what I don't know what X hot means, but um. I don't want to know what X-Hot Let me soak this in the... I'm kind of X-Hot. Sorry. I'm not really sure what that means either. He wouldn't. Everybody stretch out your hand towards Gary. Oh, man. So I'll take a bite of this, and then I'll ask you a question here. What do you think? Did you take a bite? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm still breathing. We haven't even drank anything yet. I know. That's why it almost makes me more nervous. 
I think many of us have preconceived notions of what worship is and what worship is supposed to look like. And, you know, you specifically are even on our worship team. You slapped the bass over there. Um, <laughs> Gary's the guy dancing around on the right side of stage, right? But, uh, you know, even as a member of the worship team, you know, I'd love to hear what does worship mean to you and what does worship look like? To you, you know, and we've talked about this already uh, a couple of weeks, but just unpack that a little bit for us. Okay. Well, worship to me, for one, for one thing, I, I do love music, um, and I'll, I'll, ex- I want to expound on music a little bit first. Um, music is so special, and I think it's it's not just to me, but I think it's everywhere because. It's a way for people to truly express their worship. Yeah. It's a way to worship. Yeah. And what's aggravating to me is people long to worship, mm-hmm. whether they're Christians or not. They That's long good. to worship. Because you see people at a secular concert, they're raising their hands. They're worshiping. They don't know what they're worshiping, but they are worshiping. So I think it's important to keep our musical experience of worship, you know, in check. Make sure we, we know what we're worshiping because no matter where you're at and who you are, you will worship. Yes. Yeah. Um, worship to me, uh, kind of like on the, the previous question, it kind of goes hand in hand. It, it, it's all in the heart. It's all where you're coming from, um, your belief system. Uh, I think a lot of it is is thought processes. Um, we have to have our mind in check with our heart. Our spirit longs to worship. Our mind is where we decide kind of what we worship. So we need to, in our daily lives, um, the people we interact with, the way we respond, the way we watch what we say, watch what we do, watch what we see, it's all a part of, of how we're experiencing our worship or, or expressing our worship. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's, it's from the moment you get up in the morning. Is, and I try. Don't, I don't do it every morning. But every morning I think it's a good idea to openly say, Lord, I commit to worship you today and I commit to live for you today. Do that every day. So then you've already got that in your mind. And your, your spirit will follow that. Yeah, it's really good. A couple of weeks ago, you know, we talked about <clears throat> Jesus sitting down at the well with the woman. And she's trying to ask him, do we worship here or do we worship there? And Jesus essentially says, eventually that's not going to matter. Right. What matters is that we worship him in spirit and in truth. And so I think for me, catching that revelation that we can worship him in every minute of every day with every decision that we make it transform the way that I view worship and uh, you know that the way we live our lives every moment of every day we have the opportunity to, to bring him glory and bring him praise and so yeah it's uh, you know I, I think so many of us we want to put worship into this box of it's raising our hands on a Sunday morning singing mm-hmm. songs and to live a life of worship is to be fully devoted, fully fixated on Jesus. So that's really good. Let's go ahead and uh, pour out sauce number five. I think this is where it'll. Death get back. Stalker? 
Yeah. Yeah. We got the Grim Reaper on this one. I don't understand. Why is this in church? Yeah. We're trying to sanctify it, I think. Here I am, taking a drink the from Holy the Grim Spirit's Reaper. The Holy Spirit's going to give us power Reaper, to consume Reaper. it. I'm going to, woo, that's too much. <laughs> Did you smell this one? I smell it from here. I don't even have to get close to it. Uh, this is the one that was listed X hot with your picture next to it. That one came out a little fast, too. How much did you put on yours? Enough. <laughs> you know, that one song says he's more than enough. Yeah. This is more than enough. Okay. Man, you're just good at making things spiritual, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a real gift. All right. I've also heard that a little's too much. <laughs> How you doing over there? I'm alive. But it's sneaking up on me, I can tell. Yeah, it's sneaking up on me, too. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like spicy stuff? Well, I did. Now I'm starting to (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Okay. So. Is it hot in here or is it just me? It's hot. So considering it's Father's Day, I did want to have a little fun. And you've been a dad, you said, for almost 30 years, right? So you've had a lot of moments through those 30 years. What's one of the funniest moments? Oh, come on. Cheers. What's what's one of the funniest moments you've had as a father and as a dad? What would you say? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) No. No, I have two lovely daughters, you know. And... I was trying to think of some funny moments in my history of as being of being a dad, and and I think of Lacey, my lovely Lacey, and there's so many funny moments with her. But then I thought of Emily, and I thought, hmm, you guys know Emily, right? There's not that much funny about Emily. (laughs) So I'll start with with Lacey. It was it was a time we were on uh, vacation. I think we was in Mississippi or something. I'm like working that, really you know? hard to pay attention. <laughs> Want some milk? Oh, hold off. I'm gonna see if I oh, can go without it. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> so we were down there. She was probably I don't know, probably twelve or thirteen, Lacey. Oh, like seventeen. Seventeen. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> seventeen makes it worse. So. Here we was, we was in this little surfside shop, you know, we was looking around and, you know, had a, had a ball cap that had a mullet on it, you know, okay. so I tried it on, I said, how's this look, you know, I was going for the whole Billy Ray Cyrus look, you know. Okay, gotcha, good choice. Exactly. So we were, we were going along and, you know, I put the hat back, I didn't buy it, so that, you know, because it didn't look good on me. Sure. Although I can usually make anything look good. <laughs> so we get in the car and we're driving down the road. And we was just kind of chit-chatting back, back and forth, you know. And I said, yeah, the mullets are coming back, you know. Lacey's sitting in the back seat. She's, 
You can see this look on her face. And she says, who are the mullets? (laughs) (laughs) That was just one of the times that Lacey had. (laughs) Emily's was one of those times when, you know, it's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time. So she was... I feel like uh, I have a lot of those as a kid. Yeah, that's my life. My parents would show Everything about me is funny now, but not then. Uh, She was fixing to get married. Now, Emily is, I don't know, I'd call her not so uppity, you know. I mean, she's the one that, you know, put a old pair of blue jeans on and a t-shirt and out the door, whether she's combed her hair or not. The other you one know. is up to you, though. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's a little more high maintenance, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so the first mistake Emily made was uh, putting her, setting her wedding date like on December 23rd. I'm thinking, you know, that's going to be great weather, you know. Yeah, right, right. Everything, what could go wrong? Right. Well, during this process, I guess Emily decided this was the one time that, she was going to get what she wanted, okay? Because this is her wedding day. Gotcha. Let's and make it she, as inconvenient for everyone as possible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bridezilla. Have you ever heard of Bridezilla? I have. I have. I did not expect Emily to be Bridezilla, but she exemplified Bridezilla. From, uh, let's see, the day turned out to be rainy. Well, she wanted pictures outside. So I don't know. She didn't change God's mind, but she sure tried, I think, to, to get it to, to, to not rain. But anyway, so she wanted to take outdoor pictures. Well, that didn't happen, so that ruined her day. And then uh, she was, they were, they were doing this where they put soil in the pots, you know, and they was going to plant a tree or something, you know. So I guess I was in, meaningful. I was, yeah, whatever, you know. Something's supposed to grow out of this. So I was in charge of... Getting the topsoil, you know, the, the dirt. That's my, one of my jobs. Okay. <laughs> well, we get to the uh, the place where we're having the wedding, and, you know, and I'm coming in the door, and I don't, I just walk in, and she says, she looks at me like, did you get the soil? <laughs> <laughs> I never said a word. I just turned <laughs> right around, right back out. You had one job. To the car, <laughs> and I got the soil. Yeah. And the good. funniest part about this story is, and I'm not lying, I promise. I looked at Dana, her husband-to-be, I said, it's not too late. (laughs) (laughs) And he went through with it anyway, but, you know. And he made it this far. Yeah. And and the other, the one last story of my wife, I I won't, it's more on me, you know, because uh, if you know me, I like to have fun. I like to make jokes and, you know, I could get along with these dad joke guys pretty well, but uh, I'm usually the one that says stuff that people are thinking and other people won't say. Yeah. So, I said something one time and, you know, we got back in the car and my wife says, she says, I cannot believe some of the things you say. So I said, well, you should hear some of the things I don't say. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. She knows me really well. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for sharing enough. I want to take a little more time, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My other imaginary family member, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> called Death by Wings. Wings, or lack of. Yeah, we might need that resurrection power after this. <laughs>
That doesn't even smell good. Is it pasty or runny? Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> I think I'm gonna let you bite this one first. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> oh. Yes, I'm gonna smear this one around a little bit. You get to do this again. I know. <laughs> I said to Chad, you know, our Republic campus, they have a bigger worship space than us, so they go down to one service in the summer. And I said, so, who are you having doing second service? He goes, I don't have a second service. <laughs> I was like, oh, Now who's no. the sucker? Yeah, who's the sucker now? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Do people eat this for fun? <laughs> It'll turn your mustache white. Woo! <laughs> 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 really? <laughs> creeps up on you? Yeah. <clears throat> It doesn't go away real fast. Mm. Is your eyes watering? Mm. I actually feel okay right now. Oh, me too. Yeah. Free, free milk. So, here's a question that I'm really excited to ask, if you can pay attention. Who? What? Where? <laughs> Your vision's going blurry, huh? Yeah. Almost 30 years of being a dad. You know, we got a wide demographic of people in this church. But specifically for the younger fathers here who are building the plane in the air, trying to figure this out as you go. These kids don't come with an instruction manual, right? That's true. What would you say as you reflect on your 30 years of being a dad? What would you want to speak into? Yeah, now it's going to happen. Yeah. <sighs> wow. What would, you, what would you say to... <clears throat> I'd say the milk ain't cutting it right yeah. away. You know? <laughs> You'd say more milk. What would you say to the younger dads, you know, from, from what you did well, from what you didn't do well, you know... What, what would you speak into that next generation of younger fathers? Well, if I had to do, had it to do over again, if I was if I was going to improve on what I was doing, I would never agree to eat hot sauce <laughs> with my pastor. Amen. But I think I would probably try to have. Less hair on my tongue. Uh, uh, I'd probably have more patience with my, with my family, with my wife and my kids. Uh, I feel like I probably didn't spend as much quality time with them and understanding their needs, their wants, their desires. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably just try to listen more. Yeah. You're crying. 
You're crying. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't that good. But, uh, but one thing I'll, I would, if I was going to encourage the the younger dads with younger children, is truly be consistent. Be what you believe all the time. Make a commitment to God to lead your family. Because if here's where I was at when when I was. A young dad, and I mean, I didn't, the miracle of seeing my firstborn child, the miracle of seeing my firstborn child, and the, the amount of, of responsibility, and to think, you know, we made a person where there was not a person before. That is such you a did. miracle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> a brand new, a brand new soul, and you know the responsibility that comes with that. So we have, <coughs> we have to make our minds up that we're going to be the main source of influence for this new person. So we have to be what we believe. Yeah. So whatever it is, if you're in for God, and I think we all know that's where we need to be then you need to be all in for God. So be what you believe. And God says, it's John 14, 15, probably my favorite scripture of all, and it's a simple scripture. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know? So do you love God? It's, it's easy for us as dads to say, yes, we love God. How do you prove that? By obeying what he says he wants you to do. And yeah. that's being that consistent spiritual leader in your family. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to be. Yeah. You know, you, you made mention it, it the first part of what you said of what you would change. But as you peer back on the history of your life as a dad, what are some things you would do the same? Some things I would do the same is keeping that commitment. My wife and I made a commitment when we were new parents, yeah. that we were going to be committed to God and we were going to be committed to church. Yeah. Church is a very important part of the Christian walk. And I'm glad you brought that back up because I wanted to mention of being a servant in, in God's family. Yeah. And the way we do that, a big part of the way we do that is through our commitment to our local church. Uh, when we were raising our kids, we did a lot of Bible studies in our home, and we always enjoyed doing that. So in order to, keep, to get our children, Emily and Lacey, to, to get the servant mindset and lifestyle, you know, we would have them watch the kids for other, other parents and stuff. You know, it wasn't that fun for them, but it's something they did, and they did willingly. Uh, in church, you know, they, they helped out in the nursery. They helped out... Uh, in in whatever they had going on, whether they put sermon notes into the computer, you know, they'd do this, and then it it graduated on up to where you know we were all playing music. Well, they got to be in in the worship team, you know, yeah. and stuff. So, our servanthood needs to be instilled in our kids as we're growing by being servants while we're leading them. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a big part of our lives, and. That's some things that I think I would always do the same is keeping that 
that commitment. And it's easy to fall out of church. And it's easy because I've been there. I've been hurt. And we got out and I thought, you know what? And it's easy to th get in your mindset that you know, I don't need this anymore. But now that we've found Destiny Church, uh, I, I feel that, that uh, sense of belonging again and the need to be that servant in the local church again. So that's good. Yeah. Like eating hot wings. Yeah. With your pastor. Come on. Well, Gary, I am uh, so grateful that you came up here, and I'm grateful that we have the next generation of fathers to pour into the younger generation, and I know your kids, and it's uh, <laughs> part of the reason I picked you for this. Um, obviously, I know Emily more and know her better, and you know, you talk about servanthood. I've seen her live that out, for sure, from fostering all the kids, to serving on a weekly basis, to all of that. So you and your yeah. wife have done an incredible job. And I'm so grateful that the Lord's brought you here and you're, and you're a part of this house. Can we give it up for Gary? A seasoned dad I've asked to join me for this service is my very own father, Mark Sr. Come on, can you give it up for Mark Sr.? You ready to do this? You've been torturing me all my life. <laughs> Oh, man. So just so you know, we have your uh, safety emergency kit right to your left there. Uh, if, if anything goes gonna south, you can cool down your mouth with some of that. I didn't introduce myself last service. If you are a first-time guest, my name is Mark. I'm the campus pastor Check. here. There you go. It works. And uh, Destiny Church is one church found in two locations. I am the campus pastor here at our Marshfield campus. <laughs> and today, I have my father with me on stage. So everybody say, hi, Mark Sr. Dad, if you would be so kind, why don't you go ahead and share with us a little bit about who you are and, yeah, get, get us familiar with, with who you are as a dad, as a husband, all that. Got a, got a picture of your family here, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, Mark S. Griffith Sr. Love it. <laughs> this is my son, Junior. And uh, I have... Three well, they went away, but three, three daughters, Michaela, uh, Jessica, who's here today, yeah. yep. and uh, Peaches, as we call her. She was named after her mother, Jacqueline, yeah. uh, but we called her Peaches the first day of her birth, so that kind of stuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my youngest is, I uh, was looking at it, is 26, wow. and my oldest is going to be 34 wow. this year. I was wondering. And then Jess was second, Mark was third, and Peaches was the youngest, so. Uh, yeah, what a amazing life and, and, a, and a blessing. And uh, I'm retired uh, recently. Well, actually, it's almost been two years now. Yeah. Wow, yeah. going fast. You earned life. It. You earned it. I'll tell you, it keeps it goes faster and faster as as you hear. Uh, but it's true. And um, just grateful to be at this church. Yeah. You know, uh, not just because you're the pastor here. Uh, when we walked in that door, I just felt so loved and welcomed. Uh, even that, you know, when people didn't know that we were related. Yeah. Uh, and I've never, you know, Jackie and I over uh, 36 years of marriage have tried a lot of churches. We moved around a lot with my job. I think we moved 13 times, did we? Something like that. Yeah. And, all, uh, you know, there was a lot of church searching going on. And um, this one is just amazing because of you all, the people and, and the love and God's love that's here. So yeah. 
thank you, Lord. I'm humbled to be here, and I'm humbled that you asked me to speak today because yeah. uh, I am very undeserving of this. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I'll slip you your $20 bill for all that later. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, soak one of those wings in this sauce oh, here. All right. We're going to take a bite together, and then we're going to jump into this thing. And then uh, b before we do, I guess I'll pray over these wings. We definitely need the Lord to bless them. So, Jesus, we love you. We are so grateful for the opportunity to sit here to share meaningful conversations of fatherhood. You're the author of it. You created that role. Uh, I believe that in pursuing you, seeking you, and becoming more like you, we will most greatly fulfill that role. So, God, as we uh, eat these wings, we just pray that you would bless them and bless the conversation. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. All right, let's go ahead and take a bite. I was going to give the sign of the cross, but that's, that's my old Catholic that's right. coming out that's me. Right. You know? That's right. All right. Okay. Um, Cheers, everybody. Here we go. Did you soak it pretty good? Not a little yeah, bit. Like, yeah, right. I soaked this whole side. Who thinks he needs to put more on? Yeah. Soak it up. Soak it up here. I didn't think anyone would notice. You know, you told me what to do my whole life. Here we are. Revenge. Payback. Payback. All right. Here we go. Mm. Immediately a tangy. Mm. It's got, got a little kick to it. Yeah. Mm. So... Good, good wings. Who made these? Yeah. yeah. Bob. Is he here? Bob. I know he was here last service. These are good. So one thing, uh, uh, it's got to be the starting point for the whole night, yeah. is, is this mm. whole idea of the gospel. I don't want to ever have a church service where we don't share the gospel in its purity and in its fullness. And what the gospel is, what we believe as Christians, is that we were dead in our sins unfit for the standard of heaven, um, you know, polluted, contaminated, sick with sin, yet God looked upon his own creation that had been contaminated with so much love that he sent his only son Jesus to die for us. And now he's given us this great commission to go and share that good news with everybody. But also with that good news comes transformative power from his spirit. And I think that many of us can testify we've experienced that transformative power. Amen? Amen. So it's, it's good news that is alive and it's active. <clears throat> I want to hear your story. Mm. And I want them to hear your story of when you hear that name Jesus, when you think of the gospel, what does all that mean to you? Mm. Okay. Well, I have a, a pretty rocky path. Um, some of you have heard it before. But... Um, I grew up in a, in a Catholic Christian family, and I went to Catholic school uh, grades one through four. We, uh, I was raised in West Virginia up to that point, and then we moved to Boston, and I got out of Catholic school and, and went to uh, regular public school. Uh, we did find, you know, we continued in church. I was 10 years old at that time, and probably the next few years, uh, we continued going to a church, Catholic church. My parents were highly involved, always, I can remember, uh, you know, my dad, you know, would be, as, you know, like a deacon, as you would call it, in the church, and my mom was, they had a women's group that was, she was involved in that when I, you know, when I was younger. They taught high school kids, they called it catechism. Is there any Catholics in the room here? Oh, come wow, on. there's not, huh? Okay. <laughs> anyway, they, they, Sunday school or, you know, yeah. teaching the kids. Uh, my parents would teach high school kids. Yeah. 
that was pretty cool. But, um, you know, we just, as a family, started growing away. Uh, you know, I think life got difficult. My brother went off to Vietnam. Um, my mother got uh, rheumatoid arthritis, was on the couch every day. My dad was working two jobs, and I was in my teens. And, uh, you know, I... I, I don't blame anyone but myself, but I just kind of, you know, not really, just got away from church. Yeah. And I, all, I still believed in Jesus, believed in God, um, but wasn't practicing, you know, going to church or, you know, serving or any of that. Um, went to college uh, near, uh, I grew up just outside of Boston in a town called Braintree. It's named after an Indian tribe there. Uh, I went to college right near there at a state school. And uh, although, you know, <laughs> I actually flunked out my first year, um, you know, and there was definitely bad reasons for that, yeah. but, uh, well, and then I my... flunked out my second year, so we got better oh. in the next generation. Yeah, <laughs> see? <laughs> Still, it's generational sin. We need it, more transformative power. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, so it, it took me, you know, my dad took me back to college and, and met with all the higher uppies in a, in a board and got me back into college, you know. Wow. Uh, what a good dad, huh? Yeah. And uh, I, I straightened up a little bit, uh, but I did get off track in, in starting to party and, um, you know, living a life that, you know, whatever felt good, do it. And um, uh after I, I did graduate, I, I got a physical education and health degree, and I decided not to go into teaching, but to go into uh, be a professional, what a mixologist, uh, a bartender. <laughs> um, I then proceeded to, uh, man, I was, I, I proceeded to get a job in the winter in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale. Um, that was. I don't know if any, I don't know if from this area you go down there in college, but Fort Lauderdale from the East Coast was the place to go in the wintertime to get, a, you know, for like spring break. And it was pretty crazy down there. And then in the summer, I came home and we had Cape Cod. In Massachusetts, there's a, a little boot that goes out into the ocean. It's called Cape Cod and it's Partyville as well. Um, and I had a three month bartending gig there and a, and a nine month bartending gig in Florida. And um, I got myself in, in real trouble from a, um, you know, a values and, and uh, perspective. Uh, I began to drink a lot more, uh, probably every day. Um, I could drink a bottle of Jack Daniels or Cuervo Gold with the best of them. Um, I started doing drugs, uh, different kind, different kinds. Um, you know, it was kind of sex, drugs, alcohol, you know, rock and roll. I even had a friend that played happy hours, and I used my music for that and played with him sometimes, uh, you know, for the wrong reasons, too. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I know I'm forgiven, uh, but I still regret that path. And... Um, that went on for about three years, and I was really, as you can imagine, I was sinking low and at the bottom. Um, to, you know, to, to, today, I relate it to the prodigal son story. When I finally started reading the Bible you know, a, a couple years later, uh, the prodigal son, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was me. You know, we're all in the Bible, right? We all have our stories in the Bible that we can relate to. Uh, I have many, 
Uh, but that was, that was one where, you know, I came from a, a pretty darn good family, and my parents didn't deserve that. I did apologize to them later because they didn't deserve that. Um, but I just went to the bottom um, of Heathenville, and, uh, and it, was, it was awful. It was uh, depressing. I had anxiety, depression. I had no purpose in life. Uh, I was lost. Um, I didn't have great relationships with people. And uh, I just was out there by myself. My family was back in New England, and, you know, they let me go because, you know, no one can stop a 22-year-old kid from what he's going to do. You know, it's time to go. Uh, so one night, I was up for three days uh, on drugs and alcohol. Uh, that's the only way I think you can stay up for three days is, you know. Um, me at least. Huh? Me at least. Yeah. And uh, it was nighttime. And I was walking outside, and all of a sudden, I had this, uh, uh, the most real uh, vision I've ever had in my life. And God was pulling me up, and Satan was pulling me down into a burning hole. And I felt like it was going to split. I mean, it was, it was just so real. And, uh, you know, I wasn't living a Christian life, you know, uh, talking about, you know, God doesn't want to let us go. And that's one thing that I, I remember from that time. He, and he's trying. He's trying, but we got to decide. Yeah. We're the ones that got to decide. And uh, it was at that time I said, I don't want to die, because I knew that that was death. I, I, it was death. It was like, do you want to die, or do you want to live? And God was trying to save me. So um, I left Florida early. That was in Florida. I left early, uh, like three months early, and went home, my tail between my legs, and asked my parents if I could come back and live with them. I was 27 years old now. Asked my parents if I could live with them. And they took, well, you know, of course, my parents took me back, nurtured me, fed me, uh, encouraged me, even took me to a doctor uh, to see if there was anything wrong with me. <laughs> and I won't tell you the answer. <laughs> so which boxes did he check? All of them. Uh, but, you know, the, the doctor said, uh, you know, yeah, I had a power, powerful master, and uh, it was Satan, and, you know, and it was Satan through drugs and alcohol and, and all the stuff that went along with it. So it was a healing process over the next months, but, you know, as I was, you know, God knew that I wanted to seek him, knew more than I did. Um, he gave me a job that I stayed with for the next 30 years. I, I took a job delivering water for a company that became Nestle, you know, the chocolate company. Well, they're the biggest water company in the world, too, amongst other things. Uh, I took a job driving a van in Boston delivering water. Um, and it was, it was, you know, a corporate company. They, they started teaching me things, and I ended up staying there with them. And that was healing because, you know, it got me out of that. It got me in the Monday through Friday. I was starting to meet good people, yeah. surround myself with good people versus the night crowd. And I was seeing things a little differently. And then um, I got promoted to sales uh, over the next year and a half. And I was, we would work home shows to sell our bottled water because we delivered to homes, you know, the big five-gallon bottles. We would sell, you know, rent water coolers to homes and businesses and then put them on a delivery program to deliver these five-gallon bottles. So, I, you know, we did the home shows were great for those to get home accounts. Um, so I, me and my best friend who I actually went to high school with and, and, and 
grew up with and got in some trouble with. Uh, he's since passed away uh, a couple years ago, but um, we set up our booth, and we were right beside the ladies' room, uh, and we were both single. At, no, actually, he wasn't single. That's, yeah, that's right. Um, it was for me. No. And, um, you know, you give, you know, girls water, and then they have to come back and go to the bathroom. So, you know, it was a chance to, you know, right. the ones that you were attracted to. Well, anyway, so, the, you know, anyway, there, there was one girl that came up quite a bit, and, um, you know, I was there all weekend, you know, I think it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and, and uh, this one particular girl was working a booth herself, and uh, she seemed to like our water, and, you know, we chatted, and she was a, she was a little chatty, too, easy to talk to. Yeah. She was cute. <laughs> and uh, so I asked her out on Sunday night when we were tearing down, I said, you know, will you, will you have a date with me? I said, well, matter of fact, we, you know, can we go out tonight, and, you know, and I actually said, grab a drink, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And um, she said, well, if you'll walk me to, because we were in Providence, Rhode Island, and it's kind of a bad city right where we were. She said, you know, you're going to promise to, you know, walk me to my car later and just give me a home safe. So good, you know. Um, so, um, you know, we were talking, blah, 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 having a good night. And um, all of a sudden, uh, she asked me if I knew Jesus. And, uh, oh, I didn't tell you who it was. It was Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got ahead of myself there. But uh, the girl was Jackie, my current wife, yeah. That's, a, that's an important item to leave out, huh? Um, but she said, hey, you know, do you know Jesus? And I said, yeah, I think so. She goes, what do you mean you think so? Either, either you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus. I said, oh. She goes, um, have you ever said this, you know, have you ever given your life to Jesus? This is a, like the first time I'm meeting her, you know, like yeah. this is an hour into it. God bless her. I'm like, um, I, I don't know. I, I think so. I mean, I believe in Jesus. You know, I believe in God, you know. She says, well, say this prayer with me. And, and we said the salvation prayer, the sinner's prayer uh, together. And uh, long story short, six months later, we were married. Um, I knew... And we, I proposed to her, and we had never talked about getting married. You know, I mean, six months. But, you know, I just knew that this girl was for me, you know, that this girl was put in my life for a reason, and she had what I didn't for sure. Uh, she knew something I didn't, and I wanted it. Yeah. And um, so we got married, and, um, you know, that was really her... She was a spiritual leader at that point, <laughs> and maybe still is today in a lot of respects. Um, but, you know, with, with my wife, thank God, God put someone in your life, you know, uh, and it's in Scripture that, you know, when you seek, you will find. You know, when your desire is there, God will provide a way for you somehow, some way on that journey, you know, um, and he did. And uh, so I mentioned earlier, we did a lot of moves, um, and, you know, seeking a lot of different churches. But along the way, I was growing, uh, but I wasn't, you know, my wife said when she was saved, she got hit over the head, and it was like, I'm all in. You know, I'm, I was more the, I got to know the truth. I mean, I got to know the facts. You know, I got to know the, the history and the reality and 
I mean, I was studying dinosaurs and, you know, all the, you know, all the testing they do. And if, am I going on too long here? No, you're, this, okay. is great. this is great. You know, I would study all the, you know, uh, watch the shows and uh, about, you know, is this really true? You know, because, you know, you hear the world's, you know, millions and millions of years old and the dinosaurs and all this. And Jesus was, you know, 2,000 years ago. So, um, you know, but as everything I looked into, I found the truth. You know, again, when you seek, you, you intentionally seek God, he will show you the truth. He's going to, he wants you and he wants you to discover the truth. And he did, you know, um, the other thing I would you know, it was kind of like trial and error. Sometimes I would have faith and sometimes I didn't have faith. And, you know, and the longer in our marriage, the, the more faith I grew, because, my, again, my wife always had it, the bigger, um, the bigger faith challenges we would take. And uh, I don't know if I'll have time to share those today, but they, there were some great ones, and the Lord never let us down. So for me, it's, it started with the little ones, you know, the little ones, you know, maybe a job promotion or a raise or, uh, you know, or some big ones. I, you know, children to me were another miracle in my life. When I first, when I saw my kids born, I mean, I'm like, oh man, there's a God. Yeah. Like this just doesn't happen. There, there's definitely a God, you know, and then just things that happen along, um, you know, life wasn't always rosy for us financially. You know, we had some struggles. I mean, we were on food stamps at one point, uh, living in a little 1,200 square foot house with the four kids. Uh, it was a struggle, and my bank account was negative, and my credit cards were maxed. So, you know, I don't forget, and my wife doesn't forget what that was like, but we were going to church. And we were trusting, and you know what? We're here today. Yeah. You know, we're here today, and God got us through it. But and you know what? He taught us a lot through that. Yeah. So he's he's through those. I want to encourage you through your trials because we've had many, um, and you only understand them when you come out the other side. You know, we live life forward, but we understand it backwards. So you know, another thing I would say today is. I've, I'm trying to, you know, I've gotten better at trusting Lord in the, in the storms or yeah. even, even those daily, difficult daily things or yeah. you find out a piece of information or you think, you even think something's wrong yeah. to try to immediately go to God first. And even if it is true and going on, he, it's not wasted. Yeah. I think my biggest learnings in life, and I just shared a huge one with you, you know, uh, of my younger years, was my greatest uh, learning and greatest change that it made in me uh, to help me have purpose today, yeah. Yeah. to have purpose through him, yeah. you know. So anyway, um, and I'll quickly try to finish. I think I'm going long here, but we found a, we moved to Columbus in 1998, Columbus, Ohio, and that was the real, the church that first really got me. Our pastor was Rich Nathan. He was a guy about my age. He was a Jewish man, <laughs> Um, that became, got saved in college because he was attracted to his wife that was a, a cute little Christian girl. And, he, you know, he just started talking with her, but God hit him over the head. Uh, and he was a real brilliant guy, unlike myself. Uh, he was a law professor at Ohio State. He taught law um, and actually... Um, 
was going to start his own law firm, and he would have been amazingly successful and probably made millions of dollars. But he said his calling was to preach the Bible, and that's what he decided to do. And man, he, he was... He really got to me. I left church every uh, week, probably for over a year, crying. Um, and I was crying because of God's grace. And I was crying because of conviction, too. Like, he was, like, nailing me right on the head every week. And again, it was because I was after God. I wanted to see God. I wanted to learn. I wanted to know who he was. And he was doing it for me. But it wasn't fun going through it. I would even say I had some depression going through my when I was really growing in the Lord. I think I had some low times in there because I think um, the devil was still after me big time, you know, like new level, new devil. Like, you know, so that's another thing along the way, you know, as you're growing and, and trying to progress and, and, and get better in your life with the Lord, you're going to be attacked. And, and I was and we have been. It's almost now, you know, because we've been doing this a long time. Uh, when we get attacked, we're almost like, oh, good. God's going to do something great. <laughs> something good. So we just wait for something good to happen, you know. And that's a pretty peaceful place to get, you know, when you can, you can get there. Uh, Rich, got me, Rich Nathan got me to read the Bible. And I'll say um, everybody, but men, I'm, you know, talking to the men today uh, about being a dad and a husband. Read your Bible. Uh, there's good stuff in there. Um, you know, read your Bible. And that's what he got me to read the Bible and become a student of, of it and to live it more daily and, and brought out my purpose and who I was. And I start, actually started loving myself more because of he told me God's truth about me and about you because it's the same, you know. And I never realized that before. No one ever, no one ever got to me that way and, and, and told me that God created me for a purpose, for this day, for this time. Um, he used to know the hairs on my head. It's yeah. a joke. Dad joke? That, that wasn't even funny. That was a dad joke. We should have put you in the video. Um, and that he made me, you know, quit trying to be somebody else because they're already taken. God already made them that way, and he made me this way because I didn't like some of the things in me. Yeah. Or I felt like, you know, I'll give you an example. I thought I was too sensitive as a guy because I, I was telling Gary or, you know, Gary and I were talking, and he said, I'm probably going to cry up there. And I said, I'm going to cry. I said, I'm a crier. My son's a crier. I said, but I was raised by a Marine and my oldest brother, who I love and still admire to this day, is a Marine, and they don't cry, you know. And I thought... Geez, there's something wrong with me. I don't like this feeling. I don't like being emotional, yeah. you know? Yeah. I related more to my sisters at that. <laughs> well, at least they cried, you know, which I, I liked. Anyway, so, uh, but it, again, you know, it's been um, a journey since then. And, um, you know, the longer, you know, I'll never turn back. I, you know, I was the prodigal son and ate the, the pig food. You know, I, I, that was awful. That was awful. And, you know, even though life isn't perfect, every day, you know, we still have our challenge. I still have my challenges. You know, I still deal with depression sometimes that I get a fight um, and anxiety. Um, but there's a ton of good that has, God has done in my life. And I'm grateful for that. And 
that's what I choose. Yeah, that, that's a piece and beyond. I want to get into some of that. Too. Yeah. I, I okay. Wanna, I, I want to ask you about some of that. Okay. But as I listen to your story, I'm, I'm reminded of what the scriptures tell us. It's his kindness yeah. that leads us to repentance. And as we peer back into your dumb early 20s, um, high on cocaine, drunk on booze, him still revealing himself to you, whispering to your heart, this isn't what I have for you. Yeah. You're my masterpiece. I've created you on purpose. And, and it's cool to see that journey, the people that he used, everything he integrated, and to see where you are now. And, and what you may not have even recognized is you were a turning point in the generations to come after you. You were going to be catalytic to a family that was going to serve the Lord violently and uh, ruthlessly. And it started with you. And, yeah. it, and, it, and, it's, and it started with both of you. So let's see this other wing here. Right. We, got, we, got, we got five to eat. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and uh, man, I just so appreciate your, your transparency and your vulnerability. I, wa I want to take bites of this together and then I have another question for you. This answer has to be a little shorter though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tasty. I like this This one, one this mm. one's tasty. Mm. Wingmaster. Mm. This is really, yeah, it's got that after kick. Oh, yeah. A little after kick. Mm. So you're on our worship team. Mm. I know even in those early days when you first started going to church, music has always been in you. It's always ministered to you. But also just in our conversations, we've talked about how worship is bigger than just a song, though, too. So... As a member of our worship team, as someone who loves to praise God, you know, um, what does worship mean to you? And what does worship look like to mm. you? Okay. Um, I'm going to get this next sauce ready, okay? All right, all right. While you answer. Well, first of all, I, I believe that we're all going to worship something. You know, we're going to worship something in our lives. And, um, you know, hopefully we choose the right thing to worship, yeah. and, and hopefully that's, that's Jesus, yeah. you know, our God. Um, and worship to me is as soon as you wake up in the morning, you know, and, and I'll speak what I have, what yeah. I have to do, yeah. you know, is I don't think there's many mornings that go by that before I get out of bed, I say, uh, Lord, I need you today. Yeah. Because I don't wake up good. I don't know if there's anybody else here like that, but I don't always my, my wake. My middle daughter doesn't wake up very good. And yeah, <laughs> we, got, we got we got some stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, so over years, I learned that if I wake up and acknowledge God right away before I even put my feet on the the yeah. floor. The devil has to flee. You know, when you speak the name of Jesus, and yeah. if that's all you say yeah. is the name of, you know, Jesus, 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 yeah. the devil has to flee. Because yeah. I, I just attacked right off the bat, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and the, you know, before when I didn't do that, I'd be in the bathroom and I'd be sinking, you know, like, you know, shaving and taking a shower. And by the time I got out to make my breakfast, I'd be low and then driving to work, I'd have depression and anxiety, yeah. you know. Yeah. It was like, yeah. but when I started doing that, I love that, the devil had to flee. That's good. And, and the other thing was to give praise for all the good, you know, start thinking about all the good things in my yeah. life. Because 
you know, your, your mind's a battlefield. Yeah. Your, your mind's a battlefield, that, the spiritual battlefield. It's yeah. your thoughts. Mm. Your thoughts control your feelings. Yeah. So if you're thinking mud, dirt, bad, that's what you're going to feel like. Yeah. But if you're thinking about all the blessings in your life and the fact that you're going to live eternal and you're, you're saved yeah. and you're loved, you have a dad that loves you. That's good. You know, when you talk, wake up in the morning and start talking like that, yeah. the devil has to run. And I see that. I see Paul yeah. even give us those instructions in the scripture. I think that's a biblical thought. I, th- I yeah. think that's good practical truth. He says, fix your thoughts on what is right and pure and genuine. I, I even, I love how you talk about waking up in the morning and the first thing I do is I recognize my dependency on God. Mm. That's what you're saying. How yeah. do we live a life of worship? We recognize that there is a dependence that has that on, on him. I need him for every moment of every day. I don't, I don't want to take off without him. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do life without him at the center, without him uh, as my focus. So I think that's a really good practical application of how do we live a life of worship from the minute you get up out of bed, say, God, today I need you. Yeah. Today you're my focus. Today you're going to be what I honor, what I glorify. Today, you're, you're, as I have conversations, as I have interactions, I'm thinking about you. My, my thoughts are on you and your goodness, and I'm entering your gates with thanksgiving. Let's take it. Let's let's bite another wing here because okay. I have another question for you. I, I appreciate your. Is this the one? That goes, that's yes, open? that one. Yep, that one right there. And, and we'll uh, make sure. See that? That's a good amount, right? Okay. You got some on there? Yeah. All right. You ready? I can spread it around a little bit. Oh, okay. All right. You're getting a little rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to do a double decker here, okay? Yeah. Because this next question is going to be fun. But I also want to make sure you get the right amount of this. I, I looked at the different so I looked I like at the different course. sauces. It was medium, 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 and then it gets to X hot. And I don't even know what X hot means, to be totally frank. So I'm just going to make sure there's enough on this wing here. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Oh, come on. So take a bite. Take a bite of that, and then I have a... Which one is that? We'll eat it together. All right. You'll be fine. I'm already sweating. You know, this is where... That just isn't right. Oh, come on. I'm enjoying every second of this. I I wish this was going to be longer with with hotter sauce. No, I'm just playing. All right, here we go. I can already tell this is going to be brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is my we second time eating the pep- these. I know. All right. Yeah, I can taste the pep. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Starting to sting my tongue a little bit. They get, they're sneaky. I'll do one more bite. A lot of serious conversation, a lot of fruitful conversation. This conversation helped anybody so far. Yeah. Reminded you of the goodness of God. Your dad of four kids mm. and now grandkids are just coming out of everywhere. We're like multiplying <laughs> in, in, in the grandkid area. As you got to be careful what you pray about. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. As you, as you peer into the history of your life with your family and with your kids, I want to have a little fun on this question. What's one or some of the funniest stories you can think of oh, man. being a dad? Oh. There's a ton of them. <laughs> I made a fool out of myself many times. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, you might have talked about this one one time when I wasn't here, behind my back. <laughs> that was All right, I'll I'm going to do two. Okay. <laughs> so this one, um, my oldest daughter uh, has this boyfriend. She came out to college from, we were living in Rhode Island, and she came out to college out here to Evangel. And then shortly after, uh, met a guy. So that was what, 2011? Yeah. So yeah, so this went on for a couple of years that I couldn't stand this guy. You know, I just, and, and it ended up, you know, the family, he just, and it, you know, we love everybody, right? The, right. But I didn't like to him for, your daughter. I to didn't like him daughter. for my daughter. Right. And we struggled with that. Any fathers there yet with that? No? Okay. You will be. Um, so we went back and forth for a couple of years. And she would even break up with them and then go back. We even had family interventions where we were all. Remember the meeting in the garage? Yeah. Right? And. Screaming. We waited for her to come home, and we attacked her. We ambushed her. <laughs> and well, you know, and she just, you know, was stubborn and wouldn't. And I was just at my, my wit's end, you know. And I was praying. I was trying to keep faithful. And mom was praying. Her brothers and sisters were praying. Yeah. So, you know, she probably had two or three breakups. But this one that came was real. She finally told us, we were sitting at our table in our current house yeah. in Highlandville, uh, Ozark. And she, she goes, this is it. I they am... had some breakups before. Yeah. But then they were back together in three yeah. days. But this was like real. This was the last... I time. absolutely could tell this was real because, you know, it, he did something that was just, you couldn't take back. And she just said, I'm done. I'm going on um, with my life. And so it was, kind of, it was not at night, and it was kind of late, so I went to bed. And I got undressed. And I'm glad, that some of you might have heard this story, but I'm glad you get to hear my side of it first. <laughs> so, you know, I got undressed, and as I got completely undressed, I... I Were you undressed? I was completely undressed. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Butt naked. Naked as a jaybird. <laughs> Nothing on but a smile. <laughs> Don't get me going. So, anyway, so all of a sudden I remember you got to praise the Lord. You got to praise the Lord. You know, so I got to go. Oh. Oh. response. What did she even say? Paul! She didn't oh. say anything. She, yeah. <laughs> she just left her. 
I don't think she said anything to no, we kid around about it now, but it was and of course I'm like ah! <laughs> you know, we're not a family that I don't right. think she's ever seen me naked, right. you know. Right. I mean right. she sure did. Yeah. Anyway. All right, I know you have another story. All right. I want to eat this. This is the second to hottest one. Okay. Okay. So I already soaked yours. I already covered it. Pretty good. Oh, you dove right in. Funky. Blows up my throat. Mm. Woo. That'll get you. Yeah. How many more of these we got? Well, somehow you're one behind. Yeah, I think I, I must have put the second one on my first. You double dab. Right? Oh, man. Woo. Is that getting you? Yeah. But I'm tough. <laughs> I'm not. I told you I was a crier. I'm crying. Remember your emergency kit over there. Woo. Yeah, it's coming in now. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I got I to dip. I got to uh, be the first one to dip into the milk. I'll be honest, like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, so I did more of this service, and that was a bad idea. <laughs> that was hot. <clears throat> did we get another one after that? Yep. Woo! <laughs> All right, I think you had another story to tell. <sighs> I, think I, I think my lips soured the milk. <sighs> Oh. Ooh. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Would you ask me? <laughs> you said you had two funny stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got the naked as a jaybird. Okay. So, I'm not even one, of the things, one of the things I've had to, one of the things I've had to work on is, one of the things I've had to work on, wow, God's had to work on is my patience. You know, I've just never been patient and um so anyway keep that in mind as i tell the story so uh my youngest daughter had to have this puppy and i hated the breed i'm sorry but i just didn't like the breed i i just you know it just and i just any guesses on what kind and I said, no, you know, and we had a bunch of animals anyway. We had a bunch of animals at this point in our life. I'm like, no, no, no. Um, and one day I came home and that dog was at our house. And, you know, Jackie took her to get it for her birthday. Well, I, I was fine with that. I mean, I was like, I can't argue with that. It's her birthday. And, and the, we... That was when we were in Ohio. We moved back to Rhode Island. This dog came along with us. And it was about this big, fat little thing. And, oh, man, I'm crying. Oh, I'm struggling. Literally, tears running down my face. <clears throat> so, long story short, we move into a, a house that was built in 1929. And it's two floors. And the upstairs floors... Are, are big, um, big planks, but you could actually see the light of down, you know, if a light was on downstairs, you could see. <laughs> Got to do it. 
I just got to make sure it's even. This is the bad one? Oh. Really bad. You'll be fine. I'm barely surviving this one. Man, I'm totally sweating. Okay, so anyway. All right, so I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm working like, you know, 80 hours a week. Jackie's home, Jackie's home with the kids. And I get home from work, you know, and... I finally, you know, it's probably like 7 o'clock at night, and I just had to go lay in the bed because I was just, I just had had it. She's like, just go lay down, relax a little bit, you know, unwind. And uh, so I get on the bed, I lay down, and all of a sudden, something's dripping on my head. And I look up, and it's coming from the crack up there. The and, I, and I can hear the dog, you know, scratching after they pee, you know, and scratching the floor. It's that little dog peeing, coming down on my head as I lay there. Oh, my gosh. I lost it. Yeah. I lost it. That I go, the last Trump. time we saw the dog. No. Nah. Nah, but I, I went upstairs, grabbed the dog, <laughs> <laughs> threw it outside. <laughs> my youngest daughter, no! And then she, my youngest daughter, she yells at me, and she goes, you didn't train him. I'm like, me? I, I didn't even, never liked the dog. I never wanted a dog. I'm not training that dog. You train the dog. Oh, my gosh. That's good. Yeah, so that was. That's good. It, I have, I have, one of those that wasn't funny at the time, but it's one that we talk about often as a family now yeah. and laughable. Absolutely. All right, well. <clears throat> I have one last question, which I think is the most meaningful question. One of the most meaningful questions of the day. If I can talk after this. Yeah. But we, we got to eat this together, and that's a whole lot more than I did last service. So, Should we do it? Yep. I know right, I'm let's gonna eat need this. Let me prep. They First service, they were like, you didn't even put it on there. This thing is covered. I, I mean, just want on. you guys to see All right, here's the... All right, got to eat the whole wing? <clears throat> You're like, I don't know. You better not be cheap. All right, ready? Yep. You finished it? There's some in the middle, but I don't want my fingers to get all. <clears throat> all right. Um, <clears throat> this is the 900,000 yes. kilowatt or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it feels like that. <clears throat> <clears throat> all right. Is that orange juice work? Um, I looked up on Google. How to stop spicy stuff. And it said orange juice, milk, and bread. So that's what I got. Well, okay. Okay. Oh, so. man. All right. <clears throat> uh. 
I'm just trying to get my brain to connect, you know? My brain's on the floor right now. It's melted. <clears throat> oh, that's hot. It just keeps going. Yeah. It gets worse. Dad, you've been a you've been a dad for a long time, and uh, I think it's <clears throat> over. I think it's over. I was hoping. I wanted to make it sentimental, but. <clears throat> I'll be just glad if I survive it. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Woo! <clears throat> a, a wonderful, wonderful dad. You've been a wonderful dad. And uh, even becoming a dad myself, it, my appreciation has only grown and multiplied as I've realized how hard and difficult. <clears throat> I cheated first time, uh, for sure. Bread? I'm so grateful. <laughs> This is sick. This is. You got a breath. <laughs> As you, you know, reflect, you know, even in the short time I've been a dad. I'm literally crying. I literally have tears running down my face. This was on the clearance rack, so it might be expired. It's a little stale. Even now, there's things like I look back from two weeks ago, and there's things I'm like, I feel like I did that well. I feel like I could do that better. Part of your contribution to the church, you know, all that wisdom you've stored up on what to do and what not to do as a father, I, I want to extract, extrapolate some mm -hmm. of that. Uh, yeah. First of all, as, as you peer back, what are some things that, you learn the hard way. What are some things as you peer back you do differently? You look like you're sorry. <laughs> do I look as bad as him? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I look over. <laughs> and you're like. <laughs> as you peer back. Sowing into the next generation of dads, what would you teach them out of your mistakes? Um, I, I think, you know, I wish I had read my Bible earlier. Um, you, know, you, you know, we always say oh, there's no directions for this. There really is directions. Um, the Bible will give you directions on how to be a father and a husband, and the stuff is good. It works. You know, you got to do it. You know, you got to practice it, and you got to do it. And I would say, you know, get into your word, and there's a, there's a lot of avenues that you can do that with. I mean, you can listen to music on the way to work, on the way home to work. 
I know, you know, we all, you, you guys have busy lives. I understand that. But you got to find time to spend with God. Uh, just find it. You, you got you to gotta figure it out. For me, when I, when I was working full-time, it was my 30-minute drive in the morning. Um, I always put it back. It was CDs back then. Uh, I put a CD in and would listen to a sermon, and that, that did amazing, and it taught me. You know, it just kept me in the Word and teaching and then reading the Bible along with it. But, you know, seek after God, and He will, he will reward you and, and, and bless you. Um, and the other thing um, is knowing, you know, the other thing I think knowing, and Gary mentioned it last uh, service when he was doing this, you got to be the example. You are the example. Like, who do you think is going to teach your kids? You know, it's a big responsibility, but, you know, it's no one's, it's your responsibility, you and your wife's responsibility. It's not the communities. It's not the school. It's not the grandparents, although they have a role in it, uh, and I'm realizing that now. Uh, but it's, you, you know, uh, I'll speak to dads. It's your responsibility. So, and, and, you know, I grew up with a good dad, but he didn't teach me all the right things about being a dad. Like I said, he was an ex-Marine. He was tough on us, you know. And what I learned through reading the Bible was um, I could be the lion tough and I could be the lamb. And before I read that in the Bible and understood what that meant, I was acting like him with my kids, you know. And I'm sorry for that. You know, I, I was tough when I didn't need to be tough. I should, you know, I could have been more compassionate and gentle and, um, but, you know, learn to be the lion and the lamb earlier. Uh, so, you know, the lion, huh? You can only learn that. I yeah. mean, appropriately in observing the person of Jesus too, right? That's right. Because he was the lion and the lamb. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I want to, so last question for the day, and then, and then we'll okay. release you guys to enjoy your Father's Day. Um, man, you did a lot of things well. And again, I'm, I'm so grateful that the Lord appointed you, my father, oh, and I'm thank sure you. Jess can attest to the same. And I love that you're my kids, Poppy, and um, thank you. just love you. From all the things you did good, what, what do these dads need? What, what, do they, what did you do well? And what do, what do these dads need to do for their families? You said, so yeah. lead, lead with the word, mm -hmm. but expound on that. You know, love your kids, be present, be there. You know, just be, all you, you know, a lot of it's just showing up. Show up and be there. And then, you know, love them and... Tell them you love them. Tell them you love them all the time. Correct them, but don't exasperate them. And the Bible taught me that. It's like, wow, the stuff I, and what you say to your children. You know, we, have, we finally got a saying in life, and I think Jackie made this one up, but it was speak life, life, life. Yeah. You know, speak life over your kids. You know, and, and some of you, you know, you might be able to remember back, you know, that's something maybe your parents said to you that still sticks with you today that maybe isn't good, you know? So realize that. Like, your words are so important. So, 
lift up, but you still can correct. You know, I, I, I'm practicing it with my grandkids now. I'm correcting without losing my mind and getting angry and, you know, all the stuff that goes along with it, you know. It can be done through, through the Lord, you know, and, and that, that is in the Bible. You know, it's, I love it. you can learn that. Come on, can you give it up for Mark Sr.? <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected, or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.